Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Leon Spinden, how are you, buddy? Thanks for coming on ATV Leonard, Talk. Thanks for having me, Leonard. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Well, other than me taking too long to have you on, which I apologize for, this we started this process <laughs> a year ago. Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. So I apologize. You know, it was right after you got engaged. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. I messaged you a couple of times before that. And then that's yeah. Right after that is when we really talked. Yep. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. because I remember we were, we were uh, messaging back on messenger. This is mm-hmm. before I even had seen your face and, and, and yep. even knew who you were. And yeah. we were messaging back, talking, you know, ATVs. And then yep. uh, I think we got connected on Facebook somehow. And yep. Yep. yeah, just, just being an ATV fanboy, I had to reach out as soon as I, as soon as I heard my first episode of ATV talk, I had, uh, I had to contact you and say, this is what, this is what we've been waiting for on the ATV podcast. Someone that wants to talk to the legends and some of the people that made this sport what it is. Well, I've got some, I went to that legends reunion, uh, yep. when you guys were in Gatorback and mm-hmm. uh, got some cool stuff coming. That's good. Got some That's cool good. stuff coming. To seeing it. Yeah. It's probably a, probably a month or so out, but yeah, it's, it's all coming. Um, we have some other stuff off the books that, that uh, we're going to do. That's different that everybody's yeah. going to like. Um, you'll like this. Uh, we have, some uh, other variations of JJ and Max coming some stuff that we were working on that were addition mm-hmm. to uh, the 4130 uh, video that you yep. can catch on YouTube. Yep. You know, so yeah, we have some other stuff with that, you know, some teaser videos. Absolutely. So that that's Looking forward to seeing that. Well, yeah, that's going to be big. I mean, I, you're, you're directly yeah. tied to that. Exactly. A little biased on that part. Yeah, I, I understand why. Yeah. You know, we're kind of we're kind of tied to it too. Beans that right. It's the first company that's taken a chance on ATV Talk to promote them. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, like I was, I was talking to Jeremy. I, there's we don't know how to track it. Right. Well, it's just it. It, it goes on social media, and it just everyone shares it. It spreads out. You can't look at what that video has for views anymore because. Joe Bob over here shared it and little Timmy over here shared it. What do they have for views? I would, I know that there's a way to track it. Um, We're just not that advanced. (laughs) Right. You're getting there. You're getting there. You're you're talking to a guy that can barely turn the computer on. (laughs) Have you met Jeremy? 
Yes, I have. <laughs> we have a great talk about it because he's the same way, you know? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, exactly. I, I, you know, I've never, ever wanted to be a computer guy. Mm-hmm. So even interacting with this was so difficult in the beginning because it was just me. Mm-hmm. And thank, thank God Valeria took an interest in it because that gave us a whole new level of somebody that knew computers, knew tech, knew, you know, she's like right. IT, even though she won't take the IT yep. uh, banner, she's yeah. an IT person. I mean, we got a problem. She right. takes care of it. Right. You know, I, I almost take her for granted sometimes because she does so mm-hmm. much like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and computers nowadays with all the apps for everything, unless you're looking to actually make a program, it's getting quite a bit easier to figure things out now, especially with, you know, everything rolls around social media in some way at this point. So you need to have some sort of computer knowledge. I like to tinker on literally anything. So I've always, I I've got a little bit of computer knowledge too, just by like, I like to take stuff apart, see how it works, put it back together. Now, how do I get in there and how does this work on the inside as well? So. And I grew up with some computer nerd uncles and stuff like that too. So no, a little little bit, a little bit enough to be dangerous. I I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, for me, that's turning it on. (laughs) Which Where's the red buttons that I'm not supposed to push. Okay. That went great. And I just pushed that one right now and get it over with. There's a computer problem. Turn it off and back on again. (laughs) <laughs> something like that yeah you know that's yep. that's after two days of frustration did you turn it off and right. turn it back on uh no uh we'll try that no nope. and nope. it fixes if it, it didn't fix then you just throw it out it's broken <laughs> right, pretty much pretty much <laughs> yep so Leon, let's get back on the atv track how did you yeah. become an atv guy where did the where did the passion come from for atvs the passion for ATVs actually stems, I'm going to say, we're going to go back to the early 90s. Um, I grew up with, with I was basically always spending time with my dad. My dad's a, a car guy. My, my grandfather was a car guy. I, I guess I'm the third generation of Leon that's, that's a gearhead in general. So my dad always tinkered on cars, trucks, whatever. He's ridden motorcycles back in the day. He rides ATVs now because of me. So I grew up, I mean, as a toddler, there's pictures of me helping my dad. I'm covered in grease on a tricycle or underneath the truck with him, handing him wrenches or whatever. So it's it's just been what I've always grown up with. It's been my passion since day one. I mean, I learned my ABCs, not by A as an apple you know, B is blue or whatever. It was A for alternator, B for Bigfoot, C for catalytic converter, just stuff like that. It it, it was the only way I could learn my ABCs was from car parts. And so I was always that, that, that car kid in school, you know, dreaming about becoming a monster truck driver one day and, and building monster trucks for a living. And then my, my best friend in high school, I guess in elementary school too, he only lived a few miles away from me. So I would go over there a lot and he 
and his brother raced dirt bikes for a little while. And they ended up getting rid of those, got some four wheelers about the same time I started riding. My, my grandpa had, uh, those, uh, 80, 87 moto 480 that, <laughs> that I kind of rode around a little bit. And then I got old enough that, uh, a family friend, she had a Honda TRX 250X, the 300EX predecessor, and sat on it, you know, pretend to ride it. And she goes, you kick it, you can ride it. So I kickstarted it. I, I already, at a, a young age, I already knew how to drive a manual car. So I knew how to kind of go. It was just not using so much my feet, using more of my hands. So I figured it out rode around. And that was, that was basically it. I was, I, I went from always saying that I was going to go to UTI and, and you know, get a, a degree in, in auto mechanics and, and stuff like that. Right. Basically right then and there, it switched from I'm going to UTI to I'm going to go to MMI. So I, I looked around, I found, uh, as a, as a young teenager, I found a screaming deal on a four wheeler, which was a 1986 Honda TRX 200 SX that I think it literally went to hell and back. I bought it for $30 and it was in terrible shape. So my, my dad and I worked together on that. We went from working together on, on cars to working on this four-wheeler and, and getting it running. It's you would swear that thing was a two stroke with how bad it smoked. So we <laughs> rebuilt the top end. I uh, had bad valve seals in it. Imagine that. Um, but rebuilt it. And that was, that was my kind of start to owning and riding ATVs. And from there, I just, I got a, a blaster after that, which went to a Z 400 and, and I kind of worked my way up with, with different four wheelers and I'm not going to say I have a problem, but I will tell you that every single four wheeler that I've owned is still around. So, um, I currently own 13 four wheelers, but that that's kind of what, what got does, started. Does, I, I does, wrote, does Courtney know that? You have this issue? She knows, she knows. And I, the issue is she supports the addiction. Um, <laughs> she's definitely not making any effort to stop it anyways. Um, but I guess you're going to get that from somebody that also grew up around the scene and, and with racing and she actually grew up with ATV racing. I just grew up with wrenches. Right. Um, so yeah, so that, that got me, you know, riding and of course, with owning an ATV, you need to keep it running. In my case, it was, um, let's make this thing actually worth a crap. So there's a lot, a lot of time spent wrenching on that and learning more from the automotive side, learning more of the, the small engine part of things. And that was, that was kind of it. Like I said, that was, I'm, I'm now going to go to MMI and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to one day work for a race team. I'm going to be a mechanic for a race team. So road, road four wheelers all through high school. I worked at a, a neighbor's farm milking cows to make money to put into my four wheelers up until I graduated high school, moved to Phoenix, Arizona, went to MMI, graduated from MMI, came back home. And that's when 
obviously kind of, I graduated high school in 2009. So kind of right when the, the economy tanked and went to MMI, got back, I graduated. Uh, let's see, it was late, late 2010. I worked my butt off double classed so I could get out of there and, and get into the industry right away. Um, not much in, in, in Minnesota and Wisconsin, not many dealerships are hiring in the middle of winter. So I, I had a little bit of troubles finding a job, but ended up landing at a, a two brothers power sports, which is a Honda Yamaha BRP dealer in Onalaska, Wisconsin. They took a chance, hired me into their parts department, and I worked there for about four years. And one of my customers that I dealt with was Root River Racing. So I got to meet all of those guys, sold them parts, dealt with them quite a bit. And then me being someone that rode four-wheelers, I started hanging out with them a little bit more, go riding with them. And I would actually, on my days off, go over there and kind of help them out as they needed. And one day I get a text from Rich Gillette that says, when are you going to work for me full-time? So I sat down with him. A few weeks later, I am a mechanic for Root River Racing and headed to Muddy Creek in 2014. So that's that's kind of how I ended up in the ATV motocross world um, entangled in all of it was just working and, and getting good contacts and, and kind of showing what I can do to where, you know, somebody was willing to take a chance and bring me onto their team. Well, that you must have you must have done something right to catch his eye as far as some mm -hmm. of your attention to detail. And, and I don't want to right. take anything away from your schooling, but you're the first mm -hmm. person that I've dealt with that came from there mm -hmm. that I've dealt with. I'm not saying that there's not good people that have came from there. Yeah. Yep. That and didn't I go, that didn't regress because I, right. I had a great friend that went there. And when he came yep. back, everything that we had taught him. Mm hmm he didn't, he, he, he went backwards on his right. maintenance went right. down. His yeah. skill levels yep. went down. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't just... say I, I wouldn't take anything away from that school. I mean, it, it's a great school, but it, I'll be honest. It wasn't the school for me. Um, it, it, that, that school set up for somebody that has never really touched a motorcycle or ATV and just decides out of the blue, I want to learn how to work on them. So if for myself, I'd been rebuilding four-wheelers, I've been building engines, I've been doing all sorts of stuff on my own four-wheelers and friends' four-wheelers that it was just like taking a small engine school in high school. I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs and I'm 40 steps ahead of everyone else waiting to catch up so we can put the thing back together again. Yeah, they didn't have an advanced program. You know, later you, you have to go through the steps. So there's literally a class, the first six weeks you're there, they're teaching you like, Hey, this is a screwdriver. It takes screws out. This is a ratchet. Like, I understand this. Can we test out of here so I can go work on stuff? So, and towards the end though, when you got actually get into your electives, which I took Suzuki and Honda training when I was there, cause I used to be a big Suzuki guy, not a Yamaha guy. Um, 
that's when you would do more, more advanced stuff. And if you were someone that kind of excelled and got things done, like there was many times where I'd get my, my schoolwork done. So the instructor would be like, Hey, bring my, my bike in here and do this to it or bring, bring that Hayabusa out there that a million people have worked on, bring it in here, tear it down and tell me all the stuff that needs replaced. Cause so many people have touched it and taken it apart and put it back together over the years. So later on, you could actually do some more advanced stuff if you were ready, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I basically went to get that piece of paper saying that, you know, that I could go into a dealership or go into somewhere and say, Hey, I took this, I went to the school. I I should know what I'm doing (laughs) nowadays. I don't know if it even matter. Um, you know what? I don't know either because what we do in our world mm-hmm. isn't that world. What right. they do in a dealership, you know, we, we, we've had the crossover in which you understand this mm-hmm. of working in that world. And it's not the same. No, they, not at all. The, the, the machines you work on, the way you work on them the the level of uh, desire that the customer wants um mm-hmm. they want good work but they don't want what we offer right right the yeah especially around here most of the stuff that gets brought into a dealership which nowadays it's more side by sides than anything so it's i've got this $20,000 side by side and i want to dump another 10 grand in accessories where you take it back 5 five, 10 years ago. And it's, Hey, my Honda rancher isn't shifting. Right. But it's also covered in cow crap. So fix it. Oh, call me when it's done. Oh, great. I have six hours in washing this thing to replace the angle sensor. That's bad on it. Well, awesome. I got paid. (laughs) I got paid for six hours of washing and an angle. Right. You know, (laughs) great. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't envy those guys. I would rather do what I do. I'd rather build pieces of art and take care of high horsepower race machines any day of the week than work on Billy Bob's rancher that's not shifting. Right. But, you know, some of that stuff builds character. It does. does. you, You build, you work on some of those things to understand you know, removal of rusty nuts and bolts, things like that, mm-hmm. that, right. you know, we, we do have to deal with, but we don't deal right. with it at the same level of some of those guys. You know? Right. Not as much as, not as much as some like that. And, and I've, I've kind of said that before, and it's just like, it's just like when you're, when you're riding too, you, you need to work your way up through the trenches. You know, you need to, and obviously you don't need to, but I think to be really appreciate what we do and to get the skills that we pick up, you need to start at that level and, and figure out the simple things and work your way up on work, working on trash and making it work to all of a sudden you get to a 30, $40,000, 450. And you know what you're doing. You're meticulous. And you're going to know that everything on this thing is perfect. 
And I'm going to send my rider out there and know that when he hucks that hundred foot table or big old triple or whatever, it's not going to break in half in the air. It's the scariest thing for, uh, uh, I think people in our situation is moto dads or moto families that have been around for a while, Mm -hmm. but they're still just tightening everything down with an impact. Right. Right. You know, there's a torque spec on that for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know, they make torque wrenches to use so that when you put Mm -hmm. that chassis together, the the torque wrench is your, that and the manual are your best tools. Granted, you may have a hybrid. Okay. Well, then you need two manuals because you need the chassis Mm -hmm. manual for. And you need the engine manual. Yeah, exactly. So that's, Mm -hmm. people are like, well, what do you need the book for? Uh, I just know how to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not everything's just ugga duggas, buddy. I've done doing this for 40 years, give or take. And every time that I work on a machine, I pull a manual out. Exactly. Every time. I don't care if it's a 250R that I've been working Mm -hmm. on since, you know, 86. Mm -hmm. I still pull the manual out because there's something I need to know that I don't remember, but I have to know a certain torque number or just you want to see how something slides together. You can never go wrong opening that book. And no, not a climbers. Mm-hmm. We're talking a certified yeah. OEM, OEM service yep. man. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to the point with with TRXs and YFZ and EFI YFZs, anyways, the YFZ are. Um, I can basically nut and bolt an entire quad and I know the torque spec on all those bolts. Right. You know, so, so when you go around and it's happened many times, you go around and you just, you're just clicking, changing it and people, what are you doing? Torquing it. You know, the torque specs on this. Yeah. I do this eight times a week. Like, of course I do. I have people that text me, Hey, I'm working on my bike. What's the torque spec for this? What's the torque spec for that? And Mm -hmm. 90% of the time I can just type them right back. Every once yes. in a while, they'll hit me with something. Really? Uh, ooh, I better. Uh, I don't remember that one. You know, <laughs> you have to go yep. look. And wow, yeah, I'm getting old. Yep. I must. I must be slipping here. You know, I knew it last <laughs> week. Right, but, right. So, you know what got me sold on a torque wrench? It's the stupidest thing. Yep. I was at the Supercross in Vegas, early two thousands. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't even I don't remember when we just got done racing in the desert and we all got to go to the supercross and we're standing in the pits and Ricky Carmuckle was when he was riding Honda and mm-hmm. his mechanics got a freaking um inch pound torque wrench in his hand. Yeah. And he's putting the front fender on the bike with a torque, torque wrench. Front fender. Yep. And I'm thinking, if this guy's using a torque wrench to put the front fender on, maybe we ought to start using a torque wrench for everything. And right. From that day on, I've when I put them together, I put them together with a torque wrench. Yeah. You know. Yep. Uh, the the damage bolts go down. The strip the stripping nuts goes away. Uh, unless mm-hmm. you're using a Suzuki or a Kawasaki, then it's just piss poor hardware. Sorry. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing that I run into is the rear axle nut on a YFZ. Mm -hmm. 
everybody that I ask, how do you torque that nut? Oh, I just use a crescent wrench. You know that the torque spec on that is 181 foot pounds, right? Yeah, you can't <laughs> never going to get it tight enough. Never getting out the torque wrench. There's a special wrench for it for a reason. And when you do yeah. it that way, you don't need to wrap your nut in electrical tape every weekend. Right. Once a day, you know, at the end of the day, check it. Once you get it, you know, settled, the first couple rides, it'll kind of loosen up as everything's kind of settling in. But most of the time, when I check these bikes, if it needs anything, it's barely anything. Most of the time, it doesn't need anything. You know that you can't get the factory grease and the factory Loctite here? You can't even order Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You look in the manual, you can order 99% of this shit. You can't right. order that. You can't get the same grease and you can't get the same Loctite for whatever reason. And the Loctite's not that it's, it just doesn't come loose. Mm-hmm. Once you torque it, it just doesn't come loose. Right. And you take that stuff apart 30 years later and the grease is still there. Right. Right. Well, that was a joke we always had at Root River too, is you take a brand new TRX 450 out of the crate to strip that thing down. It takes everything it has in you to get those axle nuts loose. So we'd always joke that they hired Godzilla to tighten their axle nuts. They had, they had to have. Oh, you know? those things are terrible. Yeah, but and, and I don't, I haven't found a cheater bar long enough yet to get them tight enough to yeah. never never come loose again because it just right it just ain't made and and right. that green Loctite. You know, mm-hmm. sourced it, sourced it, and sourced it. And if somebody has it, hey, dude, yeah. send me the number, or send me a bottle, and you know, I'll <laughs> right. freaking send you a T-shirt or something. Because Jesus, yeah. it's just like I, I took something apart off of an old Honda. Yep, uh, I think an '87 TRX 250R, and it okay. still had the factory grease in it. Yeah, and I'm just like, gosh, why could I not? Why can't I not get my right. hands on this stuff? Right, right. You go make, two two races with these things, and where'd that grease go? You got to check it every weekend, just so so you know it's there. And totally. Pump it back because, yeah. Well, I don't pump anything back, but we I, we're from the school of take it apart, regrease it, put it back together. Well, that's why I'm yeah. Because some people freaking just use Zerk fittings, and we never use yeah. Zerk fittings ever. Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. hate those carry. I hate the carriers that come with a Zerk fitting on. Well, yeah. I always like that have a ball, a sealed ball bearing, but a grease Zerk in them. And you're like, what? <laughs> Are you, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Right. It was really nice though on the on the RPMs with the tapered bearings. That but grease fitting a, fit. But you can't you can't fill that bearing with that grease fitting. Do you, you pack remember? It first. Yeah, you have to pack it, and then that's it. Yeah, it's good um, for maintenance. But do you remember which which version taper bearing are you talking about? Are you talking about the big taper bearing or the little taper bearing? The big one. The big one is the best one. Yeah, that that bearing would go. I'll tell you a little story about that. Yeah, RPM is what we got all of our axles through and all of our mm-hmm. carriers through yep. for years and years. And we yep. had some TRX 450 of the big bearing stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I shit you not. 
a, the practice bike had been ridden down the beach. Just, just they were rusty. There was there, mm-hmm. there was no grease left in them. Yeah, but this is how good the taper bearing stuff was. Is we had to change the rear section in the mm-hmm. Baja 500 to finish. Yeah, so we pulled the swing arm pivot bolt, the linkage bolt, and the the uh, top shock bolt. You know, took the yeah. caliper off and put the practice setup on there. Well, yep. when I got it home after freaking 600 miles, yeah, there was just rust in there, but they still freaking work. <laughs> yeah, I soaked, I soaked them in old school solvent and got all yep. the rust off of them, cleaned them. They were nice and shiny and clean. I put grease in them, put them back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet no, they're are... still in that carrier. Yeah, probably. They're out there somewhere. Oh, dude, those things were so awesome. And now uh-huh. they have this little bitty tiny bearing in there that yeah. you, if you get one off-road race out of it, you're lucky. Right, right. I don't know how it does in the yeah. motocross, but... Yeah, about the same. I mean, you're 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 constantly replacing them or at least checking them. Especially if we are at a sand track, you kiss those bearings goodbye. Oh yeah, Jesus! <laughs> it's just and then you, a mud race ruins everything too, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Don't know what that's yeah. like. <laughs> how, how many times have you been to Muddy Creek? Uh, it was only five times, actually. Wow. I remember we were back there uh, mm-hmm. in the 90s. And mm-hmm. every time I went there, it was a tsunami. At least at least one day, it's usually always rich. It seems like a lot of those southern tracks, you get one day guaranteed that it's going to be a, just terrible. It rained so hard one time. I had to roll mm-hmm. the window down to the rental car and stick my head out the window to see to drive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, we, we lined up on the line with 14 inches of water on yeah. the starting gate. So you're, you're almost sucking it into the intake just sitting on the gate. Um, I think five guys finished that day. Yeah. It's terrible. None of them were, unfortunately, were my guys. <laughs> yeah of course that's how it works all, fre- all all the whole team had fresh motors yeah yeah and we boxed them all back up took them all home <laughs> you know uh unbelievable just nothing like flushing money that... down the toilet yeah that's where i don't understand what some of the promoters do but that's a whole nother conversation for another day Right, right. Back into you. So yes. you you go through school, you you work with Root River. Where did the racing portion come into play for you? So I I was always racing locals throughout. And actually, I didn't start racing until I was 19. I had an uncle that one of my mom's brothers that raced motocross in high school, and he got hurt a few times. So when in school wasn't allowed to race. I could ride all I want. Luckily I had two buddies, two of my best friends lived close. They both had tracks at their houses. So we would go ride their tracks, stuff like that. But I didn't get to actually start racing until I was 19. I raced local stuff. Uh, my hometown, there was actually a, a motocross track, kind of like a fair style track that was ran right outside of my hometown. So that was 
always a no brainer. Go do that. And they had races. It was kind of every other week, basically they would have races going on there. So I do that, did a couple, um, district races starting in 2014. But for me, actually racing at nationals did not start until I started working with, with Jaden Launderville in 2020. Um, just because 2000, when I was with root river, I was just too busy, especially in, in my first few years, we had way too many riders. I think we had both 14 bikes that we were maintaining. There's three mechanics and we were maintaining 14 bikes. Um, so we were, we were busy. We basically, when I first started going to nationals, I never got to see a moto because we were just, we were at the trailer constantly working on something. Um, then when I was working with, with root river again in 2019, and I was Aaron Salinas's mechanic, I would take my quad to the races and I would ride Friday practice just to get some seat time in. But again, like I was too busy with Aaron wasn't, so I couldn't race. So when I, I was working things out with Launderville's, I actually had gone root river. It ended at that point. So I had gone back to two brothers, power sports as their parts manager. And I, I went back and forth there a few times, uh, working in their parts department as parts manager and stuff like that. Um, but I'd gone back there and it was during COVID then. So I started talking to the Launderville's about what they had going on for mechanic situation. And if they needed any help, I was just thinking more so like, Hey, you need some help at your shop. I can come up, I can work on some bikes for you. And that kind of turned into me going to all the motos and becoming Jaden's mechanic. But I told him that the only way I was going to be able to make that work with me having a full-time job at the dealership would be if I could go and race. Otherwise they weren't going to let me go. So that's when it started. Jeremy was all for it. And I started racing nationals in 25 plus class. And I think I ended up my first year running that class. I got fourth place, I believe. So, and that just kind of like fueled my, I wouldn't say fueled my fire, but it was, it was having fun at some of these tracks that I wouldn't really get to ride anyways, and actually doing it at a somewhat of a competitive level. I try to ride safe. You know, obviously my first, my first priority at the racetrack is JJ making sure his bikes are ready, making sure he's ready going down to the gate with him. Me riding is just an added bonus. So Am I technically racing out there? Probably not. But am I out there riding and having fun? Absolutely. Every weekend. Except for Briarcliff last year, but that's a different story. <laughs> so. um, let me ask you this. What do you do on the schedule if your motos are close? We've always looked at that. There are There have been a couple times where they've been close. And I've usually always gotten lucky where it's his moto first. So I'll like, actually it just happened at Gatorback. His moto went, and then I was right after. So I took my quad down to staging and I just, the track workers are usually pretty cool. Once I explain it to them, like, Hey, I'm this moto, but I'm his mechanic. So they'll let me take my quad up to the gate, you know, at least the staging. 
ahead of time. Um, so there's been a couple times where I've gotten close to missing my gate pick, but like I said, my priority is JJ. If I'm, if I miss a gate pick because I'm at the gate with him or actually on the track doing pit board with him, so be it. I'm still going to get out there. I'm still going to get some seat time. Do you guys get to work uh, on the practice track or, or practicing much? Uh, there's been quite a few times where I've been JJ sparring partner. Yes. Um, obviously there's a bit of a speed difference there. If you haven't picked up on that, um, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. We, but all right. we used to be a little bit closer, but I'm getting older and slower and he's getting more talent. So, uh, I've, I've mainly be, become his passing practice at this point, and he likes to get a little cocky with it at times. Cause he always likes to go, Oh, I'll give you a 30 second head start. Why you're going to pass me the same lap, <laughs> whatever. So yeah, I, I basically, I, I've been his passing practice. Like I said, um, didn't really have much like last year. We didn't have much time to do it just cause I was, I was busy here in the shop more. Uh, cause Obviously, if I got stuff to do here in the shop, I'm not going to go riding with him. I need to get things done, get the trailer loaded and ready for the next race. And Are you in the shop right now? I am. I'm actually in the 4130 race shop right now. So, right, how uh, far away from how far away from the other company is the race shop? Same property? Uh, the the dealership, oh, the 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 Launderville business? Yeah. Uh, about 300 yards. Okay. If that far. Yeah. Probably, I think probably more like 200 yards. It's pretty close. So you were here, you were there when I was talking to Jeremy. I was right down the hill working on JJ's race bike and listening to you guys talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys were talking about the bike, I was literally fixing my, his damage from last weekend. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th th that's pretty funny. When this comes out, yeah. people are going to be like scratching their head. What are they talking yeah. about? Well, you got to go back and listen to the, the live with, with Jeremy Launderville. Yes. Yes. Yep. That, that is pretty awesome. Were you in the beginning discussion about 4130 motorsports or how soon before they brought you in on that? Um, so Jeremy and I have been talking about starting our own team for a couple of years now. And I actually, we were being a little, I, I mean, I'd like to say we were being strategic. I was just jumping the gun. I ran the 4130 motorsports logo on my quad last year, just to kind of reintroduce the name. Nobody's looking at me anyways, but kind of reintroduce the name onto the scene anyways and and get things ready so if we did pull the trigger and decide okay let's let's go off on our own we we already had the name out there and ready to go and obviously you heard the story of where 4130 actually came from yep and and we had many discussions about it but we all just decided like it it it's already exists and it rolls off the tongue pretty easily and it looks good i think so I think it's great. I, yeah. Jeremy and I had a lot of conversations about that. And 
I kind of, Jeremy and I talked one night about it and I was actually on my way home that night and I decided, you know what, I'm going to see what Max is doing next year. So I called Max a few hours later, cause I know you've talked to Max too. It's not a, not a quick conversation. No, nope, um, not at all. So Neither one of was... you are. <laughs> yeah. Max and I are terrible together. Uh, so I think it was like a three hour conversation, just going over everything. And then I kind of explained to him, this is what, this is what we're thinking of doing. Wonder if you have any interest. And, uh, that was kind of getting the ball rolling. And from there we had a few meetings and boom, here we are. 4130 motorsports coming That's in. Pretty high. awesome. Pretty awesome stuff. Yes. I was, yep. uh, I enjoy, I enjoy some of the conversations that I have with, with Max and you. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. when I was taping his episode, it was still mm -hmm. on the hush, hush down low. Yes. Yep. And, and then the conversation started about a promotional video mm -hmm. and, and he went to Jeremy and talked to Jeremy about it. And, uh, the next thing I know we're buying the plane tickets and flying to Texas. And I'm yep. like, holy yep. crap, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was good. I feel and pretty I, honored that, that, that you guys, uh, you know, took a chance on us promoting you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that the whole idea was really good for getting the name out there right away. You know, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? But right. getting a getting a video out there and throwing it out in everyone's faces like that was awesome. And you got you approached us with the idea. How do you say no to something like that? You know, we're a new team. Obviously, you know, you know all of us, but to a lot of people that that don't know the inner workings of this series, they don't know who I am. They don't. I mean, a lot of people, I guess, know who JJ is at this point and Max, but not too many people know who Jeremy or myself are. You do. And, and you know that when we put, you know, we're passionate into this. Like this is, this is my career that I made out of my hobby. And I love doing it every day. When I'm not working for Jeremy and JJ, I'm working on either like usually my own, one of my own four wheelers. I'm here a lot. <laughs> so, you know, this brother, is... I, I'm a seven day a week guy. I, I get it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, not quite seven days a week. I got to give, I, I need time for my family too, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm usually here uh, from seven in the morning until about 11 or 12 at night working on stuff. That's fixing to change. You know that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when I was the last couple of years that I traveled, uh, and, and, and was a, a team mechanic or building the bikes and taking them and stuff, you know, my wife had no issue. None. You're out there till four in the morning. She knows where I'm at. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I come crawling to bed, you know, in a couple of hours, the alarm would get off and we, and I'd get up and, and she goes, what are you doing? I go, I didn't finish. I got to go finish. Mm -hmm. And she'd shake her head. Okay. You know, and when <laughs> yeah. I loaded up, when I loaded up on a Wednesday night or a Thursday and was, you know, leaving in a couple hours and I'd come in and kiss her as she went to bed and she goes, when are you going to sleep? And I go, 
I'm not exactly sure. Sometime this weekend, I'll uh, I'll get some rest. And <laughs> you know, it sounds like a lot of conversations with Courtney and I. When are you going to sleep? I don't know yet. <laughs> when yeah, I'm dead. Worked, we haven't worked that portion out in the schedule. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yep. No, and I, I, I have to admit, I've got real lucky with with who I, I ended up in life. And obviously, you know, I, the, the person who I am, I'm marrying here in less than a month is she, she grew up around this. Her, my, my future father-in-law raced ATV nationals on a Lager Banshee. And she, so yeah, she grew up going to the, the nationals on the weekends. That was her thing. And so she's into it. She enjoys it. My soon-to-be sister-in-law, Taylor, she runs uh, teammate photography. So she loves coming to the track and taking pictures. She's pretty good at it too. Uh, and now I've got a I've got a son, Colton, who especially after this last weekend, taking him to an indoor track, like he is he's loving it too. So I got, I got real lucky with with finding finding a family that is is into this as well it's all about passion i don't think i don't think the atv industry has gotten where it is because people were wanting to make money people did it Mm -hmm. because of it was a passion and some of the people made money because they made money right right and it's the a lot most people think that they're going to make money on the rider end of things where yourself me, we figured out how to actually make money doing this. And it's you make money? Not make money. I do make some money. Yep. I, I'm making enough so you're to pay have... for a wedding, anyways. Well, dude, you're doing better than I. Well, I take that back. That's how I paid for my wedding too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's not the everyday job that pays for your wedding. It's the other job that pays right, for your right. wedding. Or yes, jobs. Yes. However you want to yes. however you want to break that yep, down. It's it's the um it's the after five to six, five thirty six ish jobs that, that are, are paying for the wedding. But yep. luckily I've, yep. I've been doing this long enough now that I've got a good group of people that bring their machines to me. Actually, one of my good friends, Chris Borning, uh, that owns DBR race products. He, I think his addiction is, his addiction is as bad as mine. Um, but he, like, I've got a, I've got a Cannondale here that I rebuilt from the ground up for him. That's it's a Cannondale 440 that has a Lager T-pin front end on it. So you don't see many of those on a Cannondale, but he's already got more stuff lined up for me for when I get this thing done. So it's like a constant rotation of, of his stuff that comes in here. And then, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of YFZ engines and stuff like that too for people. So that's that's what's paying for the wedding, I should say. Right on, and that's you know that's what it has to be. You just right. We're not in an industry that I think is um, self-sustaining on a singular right. level. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of the major companies that are in the industry they have a side section to it. Yes. You know, yes. Um, machine shops that are machining parts for the ATV industry are also machining parts for some other industry. 
you know, exactly, and they were yeah. machining parts for that industry before they started because just yes. machining parts for the ATV world wouldn't sustain them. Right. It, it right. And feed them. Yep. That, I mean, and that's, that's most of these companies in our industry, Oh yeah. you know, right behind you, you got SSI. What's Ian do mainly, you know, as it's a ATV sign graphics company. are not, yeah, right. As a, ATV yeah. graphics is just because he likes this stuff. Oh yeah, he loves he loves it, and dude, he, the, the way he helps me, it's just uh, right. I could never, I can't, I can never give him enough exposure to pay him mm-hmm. back for what he does. Same with JSR, you know. Mm-hmm. Same with freaking my brother Fat Boy Four. That's why it's there because he mm-hmm. does things yeah. for me. You know, yep. Elka and GBC, they're my front runners. You know, they're out there because yep. they're taking care of. They're making sure that I'm mobile. Sure. They're making sure that I can go do the things that I do. Right, and you know, uh, I push them actually Elka. I'm going out and buying some little mini shocks. Okay. To make a desktop okay. prop for Elka shocks. Okay. Well, you I tell them a, if they want to do some RC car stuff to let me know. Well, I got a tire prop, you know, that I made for GBC. I've, I've seen that on some of the, the videos. Yeah. And I went to the RC shop and I uh-huh. was looking at all these different tires and, mm-hmm. you know, and how I could do it. And I had to mm-hmm. buy, I had to buy a bag of four to get one. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. I have, yep. I have others around, you know, so yep. when I do other things. So, you do any of that stuff at all, Leonard? RC A-R-C stuff? RC car stuff? No. 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 That's uh, never been uh, for some reason. I just never had the coordination or the time to, to get into okay. it. Okay. Um, it, you know, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. I, I learned, I learned what I've learned cause I was born into it, but mm-hmm. to gain some of the knowledge, you know, I, I'm not a sit down and read the manual, read the book guy. Yes. Some guys can yes. pick it up that way. I'm not, I'm having to, go and tear it apart, put it back together, tear it apart, put it back together. Mm-hmm. And I've been fortunate enough in my life that I've had either family that understood where I was or mm-hmm. a brother that understood what I was doing because I spent yep. hours and hours and hours at the shop when it was closed, sorting electrical issues, sorting, mm-hmm. you know, the things with the chassis and why this didn't work or why that didn't work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and learning that way on my own. Um, with, mm-hmm. with, I mean, I had great teach. I had great people to lean on my brother, mm-hmm. super knowledgeable. My dad, you know, started all of this. He's super yep. knowledgeable and he's a self-taught guy as well. So yeah. I'm a site learner and, and a school of hard knocks, you know, you go out and you break it. Oh, that's why I broke. You know? Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I yeah. won't make that mistake again. And, and right. that's how I've learned how to do all the things that I do. Not not mm-hmm. by a classroom environment because I would have never succeeded in that. Yeah. I never would have. Made yeah. It. Yeah. And I, that was, that was a big thing too. I, I've got ADHD too, so that doesn't help either. Um, so it's kind of um, good at a lot of things. So that's where, yeah, like the RC car stuff has, has been kind of one of the newer things that Colton and I have been doing together. Colton's my son for anybody that doesn't know. Um, you know, so that's been a newer thing, but I mean, 
oh, there's all these different, I have, I've so many hobbies and they're all expensive, Leonard. <laughs> it's between, between now the RC car stuff and then music is another hobby of mine. I, I've been a drummer most of my life and, and a singer and then ATVs, but it's like the ATVs are the, the one thing that I can always kind of hyper fixate on. And that's where me building four wheelers and, and love loving to build four wheelers comes into place. Cause I can just get lost in it. And it's like the, it's the weirdest thing where I, especially building engines, like it's just, it's, it's my peaceful time. Like I can just kind of sit back, relax, get lost in it. Next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call because Courtney wants to go to bed. And I thought I'd been working on it for a half hour here. It's four hours later. And there's a engine tore down and reassembled right in front of me. <laughs> and you're like, all right, that was a good like, day's work. Yeah, right, right. So uh, I, believe... I, I guess that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I guess that's kind of where some of the attention to detail on things comes in, too, is just like freak out on things like if it's not perfect you know there's a there's a a reason for that and it, it uh -huh. comes from a burning desire to do it correctly and you know when you talk about doing these things you know i'll tell you i'm not perfect i've made mistakes and caused issues and uh -huh. usually my, the good intentions mean nothing but usually uh -huh. my biggest problems is when i've tried to do something and save somebody a nickel or yeah. think that I could save them and they didn't need to buy it. Yep. And it cost them in the long run or cost me yep. in the long run because it didn't work. And I wasn't yes. able to fix it before they got their hands on it. So, yep. Yep. You know, I, I do the best I can. And now, now I don't care. Yeah. Warm, still usable, but it's, not going back on that one. It may go exactly. in somebody else that needs something on an emergency, right. but it ain't going in that one. And right. Right. I don't care anymore. You know, it costs you yep. 25 bucks plus. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's what it costs. It mm -hmm. needs new. Worn out. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. That's all it, my, my favorite on those is like when someone has a transmission problem and uh, so what do you think it's going to cost? A lot because that entire engine's getting tore down. And if I'm doing it, fixing we're going to vapor blast it and we're going to replace every bearing in there and everything else that is wore out is going to get a new crank be just because it's going to get a top end, obviously. Like you're going to, and then, oh, add it all up. Okay, you're four grand in parts. Sorry, that's what they cost. Yeah, don't be mad at me. Or here's the yeah. list, go buy them. Right. Maybe you shouldn't shift like a wiener. You know, use the clutch, buddy. Exactly. You know, change, the, change the oil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing I loved about I the Hondas, to... too. Well, I, I, I love the guy that comes to me and goes, well, I change it, you know, twice a season, like the manual says. And I yeah. go, <laughs> right. um, bull, it, you're supposed to change the oil. It, this is the this is the portion I love. Okay, that is a single cylinder IndyCar engine. Yeah. Okay, and I just say, would you drive your IndyCar on bad gas? Yeah. No. Would you buy drive your IndyCar on a dirty air filter? No. Would you drive your IndyCar on old oil? No. And I go, then why are you doing that to your ATV? 
Right. Right. This isn't a 400 EX that could run on the original oil for 30 years. Right. You know, I'm you not saying to gas. do it on that machine either, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't want to hear it. Someone blows their 400 EX in 30 years because they never changed the oil. Well, there's just so many people that just think that, oh, you just don't have to do that. Hey, how do you, yeah. do you think of all those UTV customers that are going to be bringing those UTVs back? Oh, I change the oil every six months like the manual tells me to, whether I need it or not. Uh, yeah. Well, you needed it a yeah. long time ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's and uh, the cost of an oil filter and, you know, two to three quarts of oil in the sport quads. It's a hell of a lot cheaper than rebuilding that entire engine. A lot. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. air filters. Clean your air filter. Right, right. You clean it correctly, first off. Right, right. You know, then oil it correctly. And then don't leave it on there for 17 years. Right, right. Don't get me wrong. I will fix it either way. Right. But let's, uh, on your wallet, let's be a little smarter here. Well, I just tell him this way. I says, you don't want to do these things? Great, no problem. I'll see you in a few months. And I'll be getting another exactly. engine rebuild out of it. And the right. guy's like, oh, oh, whoa, what? And I go, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just giving you the rules. I, I, right. You know, I didn't make them up. I didn't start them. I'm just the guy that's going to bring this to your attention. Right. You choose right. to do whatever you want to do. Right. There all comes, it all boils down to one thing though. And that is that I can explain it to you, Leonard, but I can't understand it for you. <laughs> that seems to be what we run into I've a lot. In this I've never heard it put that way. That's freaking <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, hey, I can lead the horse to water, but I can't make a drink. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I can buy you books, mm -hmm. but all you're going to do is eat the covers. Yep. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's there's so many of there's so many of those one liners. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. but we could talk all night and I, and, and I yeah. know that back there it's a couple hours later and you probably still have work to do. Leon, I want to thank you so much. And I want to invite yeah. you back as well, yeah. because we didn't, the conversation didn't go where it's supposed to go uh, based on the fact that when we get talking, we, yes. we both have, <laughs> we both have uh, con this focusing issues. ATV talk, right? We're talking about ATVs here. Right. And it just goes, you know, right. It's like when you yeah. walk in the shop and there's 15 jobs to work on and you work on all 15 of them in one day and none of them are done. Yep. And one of the customers is on his way. Yep. And that's the one, and that's the one <laughs> that you didn't, you just started on. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, but yeah, right, no, I, I, I appreciate you having me on and, and absolutely anytime, anytime. You sent me uh, some information a while back. Yes. Some photos and some information. Um, yes. If you have any updated information on that, I would appreciate it. I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to that email. I'm sure there's some stuff that's updated. Uh, I know I was, I was engaged at that point, but we weren't down to the, you know, counting down here. I know. So, I know. But uh, yeah, I'm sure I could get you some updated photos and stuff too. Please, please do. That would be great. Um, yeah. It will probably, 
I'll text you that information. Okay. Absolutely. How this is all going to break down. Okay. I have a tentative idea on the date, but I don't want to, I don't want to say anything because we have a live Instagram, um, the Wednesday after your episode drops on uh, Tuesday and then your YouTube portion will come on the Friday. Yep. I've explained this to you in person, but it's a seven day promotion of you. (laughs) Okay. You know, it starts on Sunday, ends on Saturday, and it's all about mm-hmm. you. Your Thursday, your 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 written information that you give me will yep. go with the yep. photos on a carousel mm-hmm. that drops on Thursday. She'll use okay. some of those photos in your YouTube episode. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm sh- I guarantee we'll talk again because next next week I'll probably we'll- be talking to you next week if I yeah. if we're not texting by then. I guarantee we'll be texting uh, in, yep. in the next day or so, but I'm sure we will. I appreciate your time, <laughs> sir. And uh, yes. like I said, I want to, I want to invite you back. We'll have to, Absolutely. it will not take a year. I promise you. Okay. All right. All right. You just let me know. I'm always around. Well, I, I still, can always talk ATVs. I still want to holding out for uh, that possible Instagram live with you and Courtney. If you, if you want to do it, we can do it. Just know that, uh, I can't, I can't promise anything on the background. If we do it right before the wedding, I've got to promise anything on the background. I can't promise what's going to be going on in the background. I, I don't I, care I, about that. It would be a short, <laughs> I, it would be just a short, uh, you know, thing just to talk to you guys and absolutely. You know, wish you the, wish you the best. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I've got by, um, we've got a group of us, Minnesota guys that are that's little friend group and two of them are the freestyle guys and they, they, they party like freestyle guys. So <laughs> well, my so. grandson's great uncle was Jeremy Lusk. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I I <laughs> actually when Ethan was born, I got to have a conversation with him. Um yeah. and then I went to Dakar and he went to Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bummer bummer deal. I was looking forward to yeah. the conversation when I got back and unfortunately right. we didn't get to have it. Right. Yeah. That that would have been, he was impressive. That would have been one cool guy to know. That's for sure. Even just to have a conversation with. I was, you know, just the small amount that I got to know him. He was a pretty mm-hmm. good dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good in. people you meet in this, in this industry though. I mean, there it's very, there there's i'm sure I, I can't even name any names but i'm sure there's a small sour patch out there but i mean you can always count on meeting someone someone new that's going to be a lifelong friend at the motocross track yeah and just an atv uh, event in general exactly and 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 they the people that i've met through the years are pretty amazing you know, yeah. 98% of them will take the shirt right off their back and give it to you without a question, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I've seen people take parts off their machine so that somebody else could go race. Mm -hmm. But you're going to miss your race. Yeah, but it's okay. You go. You can win a championship or you can do this. I'm just a rider, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and you're like, no, you're not just a rider, you know, but okay. You know, and then they're, they're disassembling their bike. You're taking the part, whether you you want to or not, you know, and right. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And you bring it back. And that's their bike. And that, and that's one thing that just makes this sport what it is. I mean, I've, I've done it. I've pulled parts off of my bikes to let people race. I've, I've had people take stuff off of their bikes. Let me race. You know, I've got, I've got best friends that I talk to every day because of, of ATVs. I've got, I've got a, my soulmate that I'm marrying in less than a month because of ATVs. You know, it's this, this sport can do a lot of good for you. I'm, I'm blessed. My wife, um, doesn't really care for the ATV thing, but she sees how passionate I'm about it. So Mm -hmm. she falls in and, uh, allows, you know, doesn't allow it, but accepts it and, and tries to embrace it. Yeah, she does. She really does. But it's just not an interest. What kills me is Valeria is 1000% not interested. Really? (laughs) But she listens to the episodes and she'll yeah. pop off with something every once in a while. I'm going, you paid attention. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> well, she'll hear something being said and she'll answer yeah. the question. And I'm like, yeah. well, you know, and then yeah. she'll look at me. I got it right. And I go, you got it right. <laughs> and yeah. 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 So yeah. she enjoys the, she enjoys the live things way better than mm-hmm. the monotonous of the, of the sitting down in the conversation. But we have some okay. new segments that we're going to try. Yeah, I think I think that everybody's going to really enjoy them, you know. Absolutely, um, and it's going to get her involved, and it's going to get my son Danny involved. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to everybody's going to get to listen to Danny and I fight, you know, and argue about who's better and who does this and who does that. <laughs> hey, there you go, there you go. So, well, brother, uh, again, I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah. It's always a pleasure Absolutely. to talk to you. Um, Absolutely. You need to make sure that JJ's bike's ready. He's got uh, he's got to make up some points in the uh, pro sport. Yep, yep. Pro sport bike is what's on the lift now. So we a little damage control, regroup, and yeah, I'll make sure I got the bike ready. Next thing's just going to be making sure on the gate he's ready as well. We'll get there as well. Focus that mind. Focus that mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got my techniques. I, I've, I've worked with enough younger guys to, to figure out how to get them in the zone on the gate. And it's not what you think. Well, most people don't realize this. I'm texting him before every race. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the conversations we had, you know, mm-hmm. in Texas, I, I yep. have a, we have, you know, various mm-hmm. mind conversations that I have with him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he's, he's super, into it and listens and Mm -hmm. i was just telling i was just telling jeremy he's not like other young people Mm -hmm. he doesn't have his phone in his hand he looks you in the eye and he listens to what you say and he can almost repeat back to you what you said Mm -hmm. and then in practice you listen to him talk or you or you you know florida daytona yeah perfect example of him focusing his mind and making it happen 
and in what conversations did we have with him in Texas? All about focusing in mind. Right. And, and you don't need to win on the first lap. Yep. And, and, and from what you told me, yeah, from what you told me, he didn't, he just freaking picked his way through and, and, and wore him down. Yep. Yep. It'd be nice if we could get a good start at some point, but you know, if he keeps doing this, uh, this picking off during the moto thing, if it's going to keep working, it is what it is, but a whole shot would be nice at some point. You know what? Why you got to mess with success. Right. You know, other Train than that, broke, one don't fix turn, it, I guess. Other than that one first turn, what's the problem? You know? Yeah. 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 They just and that using. one was just, uh, the track was a little more slick than I think he thought it was. And actually I've got the video on my phone. His, his rear end just slid out a little bit, smacked into music's front tire, which spun him the other way and it caught. Yeah. Nobody's fault. It just racing. Incident. He got the wrong hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's going to happen to all. It happens to all of us eventually. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it and it, it's like everyone says, it's not if you crash, it's when. And it doesn't matter how cautious you are and how safe you are out there, it it's gonna happen at some point. Extreme sports are extreme sports. There's nothing you're gonna do about it. You're not gonna change that. Exactly. Exactly. I got lucky and I didn't get hurt until I was 31, but it's gonna happen at some point. I didn't have a serious injury until I was 39, 38. I would have been better if I could have gotten that far. Um, you know, it, it, 2004, I was riding a monster, the heaviest sport quad ever made the KFX 700 V twin. Oh boy. And, <laughs> and we were in Idaho mm-hmm. and the line was on the left. And I thought I saw something on the right on this uphill. Yeah, I did. All yeah. right. And it threw me on the ground and, um, I lost, I ended up, I was in the lead, believe it mm-hmm. or not, I was beating the four fifties and I was in the lead mm-hmm. and, uh, threw me on the ground and that's how I hurt my shoulder. I ended up yeah. racing the next, I ended up racing both my races the next day. Okay. Okay. Two, two weeks later or a week later, we flew to France and raced in the Pont de Vue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I still don't have as bad as it hurts now, I still don't have any idea how I did it. Really? Yeah, because I didn't take painkillers. I didn't take nothing. Yeah. And, yeah. and my buddy Raphael Sonic has a has a, a doctor on all the time. And that guy mm-hmm. worked on me and worked that guy worked on me more than anybody else, even more than Raphael, just to keep mm-hmm. my shoulder from hurting. I mean, it never stopped, but yeah, he'd get the muscles yeah. to calm down, you know, a little. Yeah. And you know what? We went on a road bike rate ride after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's amazing when it, when you're in the moments, like when you look at back at some of the stuff that you do and you're like, I really shouldn't have done that. Should I, should I really have swapped a motor and then gone to a press conference while my liver is bleeding inside my body? Probably not. No, you shouldn't have. No, but, but you I didn't know. Did but, but you didn't. I didn't. Did you know? I 
I've never really been badly hurt. I've broken, I broke an arm when I was in second grade. That was the only other like bad injury I've ever had. So when that happened, I got up and I told, uh, Gloop came over and checked on me and a few other people checked on me. I'm like, ah, I knocked the wind out of myself. I'll be okay. Cause that, that, it just felt like I knocked the wind out of myself really bad. So I sat there for a little bit. Then I rode, I rode back to the, the trailer and told everybody the same thing. I knocked the wind out of myself. I'll be okay. And that's when, all right, JJ's bike needs a motor swapped in it. Did that. And then we had to, to go and, and meet up with you and do that press conference. So I took a shower, got ready. And then it was when, when we were waiting for that, that everything finally like sunk. And I'm like, there's something's wrong. I couldn't get comfortable. I mean, I'm, that was a really nice facility that we were at and I'm like laying on the floor, trying to not be in agonizing pain and trying to get comfortable and looking like a fool. And didn't they, did, didn't you spend the night? I did the spend the night in the hospital. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cause we got back to the track. And so then Courtney and I were talking, trying to figure out what to do. And I was like, all right, well, I'll take a couple ibuprofen. We'll go talk to Jeremy and see what he thinks. I took the ibuprofen. I walked outside of my camper and I threw up. And so that's when it was not, uh, okay, let's talk to Jeremy as, uh, Courtney went and told Jeremy that she's taking me in. And <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even get told. So that was, it was five hours after the crash that we finally went to the hospital. And then it was another three hours later. Nobody said anything to me. I didn't get any pain meds. I'm just sitting there in a hospital bed. And uh, Courtney told me later, she goes, I could tell that you were in pain because you were being mean to people. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like it, and they didn't even tell me it's wrong. Then they just came and said, yeah, we're waiting to hear back from a surgeon about what? Oh yeah. You lacerated your liver. Oh, okay. Well, we could start with that, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, typical, as soon as right? Finally, yeah, right. As soon as I figured out I didn't need surgery and I could have some pain meds, I felt amazing. <laughs> I felt great. <laughs> uh, I bet you did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just keep so, those pain meds away from me because I don't ever want to feel that good. I uh, yeah, that's just it. I I took the I got the, I think they gave me three shots of morphine total. And then as soon as I got out, discharged, right. Let's see. I, Courtney and I got back to the track as the gate dropped on moto pro moto two. So as soon as I got out of the, the hospital, came back to the track, got right back to work. I couldn't lift anything. And JJ was the number one guy that would yell at me if I tried to lift anything. But went right back to work. Never took a pain med after that. That's the it way never it's supposed to again. be done. So <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be done. Right, right. Yeah. So that's my that's that that's why we do what we do because right. It, 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 it's the painkiller is doing it. Right. It doesn't hurt while you're doing it. it may hurt right. when you sit down. It may hurt exactly. when you're at freaking home. But it doesn't hurt it what you're the doing. day afterwards. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. You like it. One, you, you have a have a really good day of riding. You wake up the next morning, you're kind of sore. Now let's go ride. Feel great after a moto. 
Right. The, the, the day it's, it's just like, you know, um, other activities. It feels great. As long as you don't stop, it's as soon as you stop that you don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, totally understand, man. Totally understand. Uh, so Leon, we're going to have to freaking end this or we'll talk all night. And, and if I record, good. if I record it too much, Valeria is we've already extended the time, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll get this piece together and, and I'll be in touch with you. Yes. Uh, if you Sounds need anything good. at all, brother, you call me immediately. Okay. Absolutely. Same goes for you always, Leonard. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International, Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world. And they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to duncantechinternational at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 